0: Welcome to the first episode of the Poetry Studio podcast, a podcast for the poetry lovers and students where I, your host Aaron Bauer, read and discuss a poem, learn about the techniques the author used to write it, and finally offer some writing prompts to motivate your own writing journey. Today, we will be reading and discussing The Tiger by William Blake from The Songs of Experience, which was published in 1794. William Blake was an English painter, printmaker, and poet who critics consider an important figure of the Romantic Age. He was affected by political turmoil during his life, such as the French and American revolutions. When he was young, he witnessed first-hand anti-Catholic riots in London that left much of the city in flames. The power of humans to be so destructive, but also so creative, becomes a part of his work. As Blake composes the companion books Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience, the poem we are reading today, The Tiger, comes from Songs of Experience, and has the companion poem The Lamb in Songs of Innocence. If you like The Tiger, it's worth looking up The Lamb to see how the two poems speak to each other. To help demystify some of the ideas people have about poetry being complicated and hard to understand, I will be discussing one poetic device that an author uses in a poem we are reading. Since this is the first episode, I'm going to start with the basics. Rhyme. Rhyme is when the ending of two words sound the same, such as rhyme and time. When rhyming words come at the end of a line of poetry, such as they do in the tiger, we call that end rhyme. When you hear the poem, try to listen to the rhyming words. You will notice that some of them, like bright and night, sound just like you would expect them to sound. Meanwhile, other rhymes, like eye and symmetry, don't sound how we would expect rhymes to sound. That's because This poem was written over 200 years ago, and the way we pronounce words has changed since then. Also, the way we spell words changes over time too, which is why if you are reading this poem along with me, you will see that tiger is spelled with a Y instead of an I, like we spell it today. Also, another heads up, this poem uses the words thy and thine instead of your, but they mean the same thing. Words like you and your which are more commonly used today, come into English from our French roots, and words like thee and thine are from English's German roots. Now, let's read the poem, The Tiger. Tiger, tiger, burning bright, in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies Burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art Could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, What dread hand and what dread feet? What the hammer and what the chain in the furnace of thy brain. What the anvil, what dread grasp, dare its deadly terrors clasp. When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, Tiger burning bright in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? (sighs) What I like most about this poem is that it is full of questions, but we don't really get any answers. The way the speaker in the poem is talking makes it feel like we, the readers, are the tiger, and we are supposed to be providing the answers in what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes. I love the effect this has on the reader. I am powerful. I am a tiger with fire in my eyes. But think about the fire in the tiger's eyes. If you shine a light in a cat's eyes at night, what do you see? They light up. That is because cats, as well as many other animals that spend time awake at night, have a special layer in their eyes that reflects light. This allows them to see better in the dark. Now imagine that you didn't know that, and you saw a tiger in a forest at night with its eyes lit up. If you had to make up a reason why, what would you say? Blake chose to think that it was a fire burning in the tiger's eyes. Of course, this isn't a literal answer, and Blake probably knew that, but still, he had to ask. There's such confusion and wonder in the poem. The speaker sees the power and ferocity of the tiger, but wonders where it could come from. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? What could have made this fearful animal? How could it have been made? The poem doesn't want to give us any answers, but wants us to feel wandered and discomforted by the tiger's power. Thinking about how fire is part of the tiger's body, what are the other parts of the tiger made of, and how were they built? The speaker asks, What the hammer, what the chain, in what furnace was thy brain, what the anvil, what dread grasp, dare its deadly terrors clasp? When I hear those lines, I think about the tiger being put together in a blacksmith shop with its legs being pounded out from red-hot iron and its body suspended from the shop's roof with chains. But in all of this heat and terror, there is respect, and an understanding that, though the tiger could unleash its power on the poem's speaker, it doesn't. The power is awesome, but shows self-restraint. The poem also hints at the companion poem, The Lamb, by asking, Did he who made the lamb make thee? How could something as powerful as a tiger be crafted by the same maker or process that resulted in the creation of an innocent, powerless lamb? This reminds us, as the readers, that we, all people are capable of doing so much good with the same hands as can do so much harm. On the Poetry Studio podcast, it isn't enough to enjoy and discuss a poem. We need to be inspired by it to create our own work. Here are some writing exercises inspired by the tiger that you can work on. First, go for a walk. At day or night, (laughs) But be safe, please. And find an animal. Look at what it is doing and ask it questions about why it is doing those things. If you were in that animal's position, what do you think you would be doing instead? Second, do research on an animal that has some ability to that may seem magical, like a hummingbird whose wings disappear when it is flying or a chameleon that can change the color of its skin. Write about creative tools that the animals could use to complete those tasks or ways that it could complete it. If you had the animal's ability, what would you do with it? Finally, find an animal. If it weren't made of skin and bone, or exoskeleton and proboscis, what would it be made of? Would it be fire and iron, like the tiger? Write about the materials your animals would be built of, and how it would be constructed. Of course, if animals aren't your thing, you can try to do some of these exercises with plants, or maybe household items. Hmm, I think questions posed to a toaster might be my next poem. If you or your child complete one of these writing prompts and would like for your writing to be featured on the podcast, please feel free to email me the text or recording of you reading the poem, and I will share it here. You can email the poem or recording of it to poetrystudiopodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. While I can't guarantee that everyone who sends something in will be featured, I love sharing poetry and will share as much as I can. If you have any comments or questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to me at the same email, poetrystudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me for the first ever episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast. If you liked it, please give a five-star review on iTunes and share it with your friends. If you can, please become a member of the Poetry Studio Podcast by donating to my Patreon. Details can be found at my website. New episodes will come out each week on Wednesday with special bonus episodes and materials available to members. Um, Written transcripts of episodes are also available to members. That's all the time we have for today. The music and audio effects included in the podcast are either performed by me or are in public domain. The Tiger was written by William Blake and published in 1794 and is in the public domain. Happy writing and see you next week.